A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only podcast brought to you by RNZ Sport. I'm Matt Chatterton. On the show this week, New Zealand rugby's on the verge of being global champions of both the men's and women's game. The Black Ferns can join the All Blacks as world champions on Sunday morning if they can topple defending champions England in the Rugby World Cup final in Belfast, Ireland. But first up is the second Bledisloe Cup test in Dunedin as the Wallabies seek to restore some pride in Australian rugby following their first test humiliation in Sydney last weekend. Joining me now is RNZ's Barry Guy who's at Forsyth Bar to cover the match. Barry, can the Wallabies realistically turn their performance around from last week? Oh, they certainly can, Matt. Yes, the uh, Wallabies were very disappointing, especially in that first 50 minutes in Sydney last weekend. Coughed up so much ball, gave the, you know, handed it over to the All Blacks, who capitalised and scored some great tries. It won't take a lot uh, for the Wallabies, who I think because of that run will be better. They showed good signs in the last 20, 30 minutes in Sydney that, you know, if you hold on to the ball and put some uh, pressure on the opposition, then, you know, they can be very effective. Is it uh, enough for them to get a win? Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm not too sure. Steve Hansen said they'll come out a lot better, the uh, Wallabies will, this week uh, because of that run under their belts in Sydney. Uh, the, the All Blacks were really fired up last week. I, showed, I think they showed uh, some uh, disappointment from that Lions series and they took it out on the Wallabies last week, uh, especially in that first half. So I expect it to be a lot more even in Dunedin whether it's enough uh, from the Wallabies to, to get a win, I wouldn't have thought so. Especially given that Dunedin is obviously going to play into the hands of the All Blacks who like to use the ball and, and hold on to it a bit more and uh, really run it, uh, particularly under the, under the roof. It's sort of going to go in their favour. But um, taking a look just at the Wallabies themselves a little bit, uh, there's been quite a lot of heavy criticism towards the coaching staff this week. Uh, particularly Michael Checker and whether or not he is the right man to lead Australia into the next World Cup. Do you think uh, there is an issue here with Michael Checker or do you think it's a coaching staff issue on the whole? Uh, Well, you know, he's a passionate guy, Michael Checker, and, uh, you know, he sort of wears his heart on his sleeve. He's got some good guys around him. Of course, he's got uh, Mick Byrne, who used to be the skills coach for the All Blacks, helping out now, and I think that will help them also. Um... As I say, it was it, it was only sort of two years ago that they made the World Cup final, and uh, they were a good side there. I, I just think it's one of those things with Australian rugby that, uh, unlike the All Blacks, who can really play year to year at a very high standard, a side like Australia with a lack of depth, you're going to have to ride the uh, you know the highs and the lows sort of thing. And uh, perhaps this is just a little bit of one of those lows at the moment that they've got to work on. So um, the other thing, of course, is who do you replace them with? Unless they pick up a foreign coach, I don't think there's anyone in Australia that's sort of 
standing out as yet or would possibly want the job. So I think unless they have a wretched year this year, the Wallabies, I think they'll stick with Checker for a while. Well, fingers crossed they can get better because uh, it's always better when the competition is better uh, in both uh, World Rugby and at the Super Rugby level. Uh, just uh, your prediction, I guess, for this weekend, Barry. What are you sort of thinking is going to happen, uh, both, I guess, from the All Blacks' perspective and the Wallabies' perspective? Well, I think it's going to be a lot closer. I think, uh, unlike last week, that uh, the All Blacks will kick their goals right from the start of the game. You know, they, uh, they kick for line-outs into the corners last week. I think points will be a little bit more difficult to get and they will kick for goal. And so I think Australia, you know, if they can start the way they finished last week, it'll be very competitive at half-time, but I would expect the All Blacks in the uh, last 20 minutes to uh, run away with it perhaps, but only by about 12. Barry Guy joining me there. Now, the Black Ferns will be chasing their fifth Women's Rugby World Cup title this Sunday morning when they play England in the final in Belfast. The last time they played, England beat them 29-21 in a pre-tournament game in June, but Black Ferns wing Carla Hohepa told Barry Guy her side's well-prepared to face the reigning world champions. I think this team um, would be very fortunate to get a bit more time together to prepare um, and with our management and leadership group are world class, so I think when you have all the little things right, it just um, the team just clicks. But yeah, look, we're tracking really well as a team together, and I'm sure we'll improve on everything um, that we didn't quite click tonight in the semi final. But um, yeah, I think just a great team unity and the team is playing for each other, which um, hopefully we do in the final and come away with the win. What what about underneath at international level? Is there is there a good level, and that's you know bringing you know good players through? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got a full strong squad, whether it's um, the starting lineup or our warriors on the bench or those that don't quite make it. But yeah, I think um, GM's got a few girls that he can pick from, and no matter who's put in there, they'll do the job. So. Yeah, there's a lot of um, up-and-coming talent coming through, so I think it'll be quite strong for a few years to come. Was there a feeling within perhaps some of the players after the last tournament where you uh, New Zealand didn't even get out of pool play? You know, Was there some sort of hurt or something from that? Yeah, I guess there, you could say there was a little bit of hurt, and um, everyone really did work hard to get to this point, so... We made sure that we did the work before we got here to make sure that um, there wasn't a result like that again and the girls have done really well to make sure that we get to the final this time around. And you played in the 2010 final. Uh, What do you take from that? Uh, Do you uh, expect to be called upon about what's required when you play in a World Cup final? Um, Oh, There's a few experienced girls in the squad now, so... um, yeah, uh, there's a few of us that can be called upon, but I think just making sure that we're doing everything that um, preparing well from now until the final is done, um, no matter who, whether you're experienced or not, the girls will be able to pick it up and um, yeah, do the job themselves. Now, you got a little bit pushed around uh, when you played England here in in June. What's different between? Is there anything different between the two sides now? Do you think? Um, I think 
yeah, we're a little bit surprised back then, but we've um, worked really hard from then till now, and I'm sure the girls are ready to come out strong this time around. I'm not too sure what England are going to throw at us, but we'll be ready. And how is the the game internationally? I mean, it's it's growing here, obviously, and with the Olympic sevens and those sorts of things. Uh, how is the game for the women? Yeah, um, the World Cup here in Ireland's been amazing so far, and we got to um, watch the first half of the second semi-final tonight, and um, just the atmosphere and the fans, and um, yeah, I guess just general play by these women is amazing, and it's only going to get better, and I can't wait to see the um, level it gets to in the years to come. And there's confidence, self-belief going into the final? Yeah, I think we have to have a bit of confidence and self-belief, but um, yeah, you never know what happens as long as we give it our all out there and everyone's on the same page, I'm sure um, the result will take care of itself. That was Black Ferns winger Carla Hohepa talking to Barry Guy. Taking a look at some other sport now, the Silver Ferns will ease their way into the Quad Series netball tournament when they play South Africa in Brisbane tomorrow night. It's a much more favourable draw for New Zealand in this year's tournament. Last time they had to play the world champs Australia in their first match. This time though they'll face them last with England in between those two matches. Silver Ferns captain Katrina Grant told me the team's out to prove a point this series following comments out of Netball Australia that New Zealand won't even make the Commonwealth Games final on the Gold Coast next year. However, Grant admits Australia isn't their sole focus this series. First and foremost, um, winning, um, taking one game at a time really, getting everyone on court as much as possible. As we know, um, Quad Series and Tony Jameson, we've got two different teams going through, so it's kind of everyone's still on trial, wanting to go in con cut. But yeah, it's just getting those links together, you know, first test match for this squad. I think this squad does feel a lot different to what we were doing in January, um, but I feel like this is the, the key group that's going to go forward to con games, so this is now the time for us to really start knuckling down and, and getting th- things sorted. Speaking of con games, I don't know if you, you may have seen it. Um, Australia sort of already sort oh, of yeah, yeah I've oh, yeah, seen I it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what does that do for you guys going into this tournament? Does that give you an added edge? Seeing you know, hearing comments like that come out of out of Australia. <laughs> it just sounds typical, really, doesn't it? You know, it's just a standard. Um, I feel like no matter what, in all these um, pinnacle events, we always seem to go in as underdogs, but that suits us fine. Um, we're, we've made all the finals for Com Games and things like that, and and really put up good fight, winning in 2010, and it's. Yeah, it is entertaining for us, and we just think, you know, that just gives us more more fire and just really um, wanting to knuckle down and do what we need to do. From your perspective, uh, being in the defensive uh, circle, how do you stop Caitlin Bassett while we're on the topic <laughs> yeah. of Australia? It's always, you know, a topic of conversation. Yeah. Have you found a way, or think you've found a way on how to sort of shut her down? You're never really going to completely shut her down, but, um, you know, you really have to celebrate the, the good stuff when you do get ball against her. Um, we just need to get it before it even gets to her, because, you know, as soon as the middies on circle edge and one-on-one with Caitlin there, it's it's pretty hard to stop, um, and in the past we haven't been able to do that, but this new defensive line is, um, is pretty special. It's got something different. Everyone brings something completely different. So no matter what, whoever they put on at goal attack to help Bassett, we've got other defenders who can come on and combat whatever we need to. Cool, and, and just focusing on uh, South Africa a little bit, what um, what are you sort of expecting from them? You know a couple of players that have played in the ANZ Championship, what, what sort of do you expect first up? Yeah, you know, um, they've, they've all, they're all getting experience now in the New Zealand and Australian League, so they all know what to, um, you know, what to expect from us and vice versa. 
uh, they've come a long way in just probably the last two or three years. They've really started to hit their stride and really start to compete. They've, um, they always keep up for at least you know half to three quarters of a game and then just slip off. With Norma Plummer there as their coach, um, I think they would have definitely addressed that. So this is going to be a pretty strong South African side. And, you know, it's going to be interesting going into it because we wouldn't have seen them. So it's going to be one of those games where you don't really know what you're going to get until you get on the court. Um, and finally, just uh, touching, I remember at the start of the year, um, Maria, when I interviewed her, talked a lot about uh, how playing uh, just... Uh, New Zealand teams in the domestic competition would really get back to that New Zealand style of netball. Do you feel as though you're starting to make you know progress in getting back to that New Zealand style, and do you think it's going to be um, sort of enough to compete against uh, Australia and the rest and the likes in this uh, competition? Yeah, we're really starting to see, um, especially in the last um, week or so with the camps that we've had, is um, our girls' natural flair coming through, especially the middies and the shooters, that natural flair and just letting the ball go, trusting each other. Um, and the defensive end, like I was saying before, we've all bring something different and they've all had a chance to just attack ball and do what they need to do and have confidence in what they bring. Um, and I think that's, that's great for us. But it also means that these test matches against, especially Aussie, um, you know, no one knows what to expect because we haven't played them during the year. So it's, you know, a little bit of a, um, yeah, a bit of excitement around it. That was Silver Ferns captain Katrina Grant talking to me there. Now it is worth noting that this series will be the first time New Zealand and Australia have played each other since the Trans-Tasman split. So it promises to provide plenty of intrigue since we haven't seen any New Zealand or Australian teams play each other in almost 12 months. Finally, he might be world champion, but shot putter Tom Walsh feels he still needs to prove a point. Walsh followed up his win at the World Athletic Champs in London a couple of weeks ago with victory in the latest Diamond League meeting in Birmingham this past week. Walsh threw 21.83 metres to see off American Ryan Krauser by 28 centimetres and told sports editor Stephen Hewson, despite his world champion title, he still feels he needs to make a statement. I went into the comp you know, wanting to compete like a world champion because you know, that's all I want out of these last few comps is to compete like a world champion and show that I deserve that title. And to, to do that, you know, after my first four throws weren't so good and to come back in those last two rounds uh, and throw so well, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with it. Do you feel as though you're still trying to prove a point? Oh, look, I'm, if you know me at all, I'm, I'm, I'm a competitive bugger. So uh, I, I find it very easy to compete against people and to try to beat them. Um, and I think... Everyone's always trying to prove a point, you know. Um, and uh, you know, I, I do the sport obviously because I love it, but I do it because I want to beat everyone, and I don't, never want to lose. Um, and at the moment, I know I'm in really good shape, uh, and I know that uh, you know um, I, I can beat anyone out there, and I can throw really far at the moment. So it's it's a great time of year to test out a few things. Um, but as I said earlier, you know, it's a great time of year to to make sure I compete like a world champion, and I you know I, I, I need to own that title. The groin injury, how's that shaping up? Because you were obviously hobbling around a bit after winning the, the gold in London. <laughs> yeah, I was hobbling around a little bit. Um, look, it's, it's good. Uh, I haven't felt any pain in the groin um, over the last kind of five days, uh, and I've gradually built up my training. Um, so really happy with where that, the groin is at the moment. Um, and obviously I've got, I've got eight days until my next comp, um, so I'll get a little bit of treatment on it, a little bit of love, and uh, I should be in even better shape by then. Now, Ryan Krauser came second. I mean, how how are things there between you and him, obviously, in the wake of those protests? Oh, look, no, we're fine, mate. We, we uh, you know, we, we can... Obviously, I would have done the same thing if I was him. I would have definitely had one protest. Um, but, uh, look, we're good. Obviously, he, he 
feels like he's got a point to prove, um, and, and, and probably rightfully so, because last year I was in the same position as him. I felt like I was in better nick than what I actually bought what I did. So uh, I know exactly where he's coming from. Um, and uh, look, he's, he's just, he's, uh, he's throwing not quite as well as what he thinks he should be, uh, and, and that's a tough place to be in. So how difficult does that make things, or, or how much, or how's the relationship, I suppose, away from the track? Oh no, we're, we're all good, mate. You know, we have dinner and lunch together and stuff like that, so we're fine. That was New Zealand World Champion shot putter Tom Walsh speaking to RNZ Sports Editor Stephen Hewson. That's extra time for this week. If you have any feedback, feel free to send it to us via Twitter at RNZ Sport or our emails sport at radionz.co.nz. I'm Matt Chatterton. Catch you next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.